0: Guys, guys, radio, good evening. This is your host, Robert Manny. It is Wednesday, August 24th, 2016, welcoming you to the show. Hey, we're uh, doing the second show this week. We've had a couple of uh, logistical issues and I wanted to make up. So we had a show on Monday and we're having a show today and we're going to talk about your aura. I wonder if everybody's familiar with what your aura is. And we're going to ask our guest co-author of the book, Change Your Aura, Change Your Life, a step-by-step guide to unfolding your spiritual power. Dimitri Moraitis is going to join us in a few moments. So let's talk about what's going on out there. Here we are live from our Guys Guys studio in Harlem, New York City. And uh, it is Wednesday and it is August 24th. And we are turning the corner towards the fall. But you wouldn't know it by the weather. I got to tell you, here in New York City, we've had spectacular, spectacular weather. We had unbearable heat this summer. We've had a real summer. And then uh, the weather kind of straightened out about three or four days ago. Oh, got really nice. Not quite as warm, not quite as humid. And we thought like everybody was like, Whew, it's over. And now slowly but surely, even though the weather is very nice, the temperature keeps creeping up again. And it got up to like the high 80s and it's going to get a little warmer tomorrow and then it's going to get a little warmer on Friday and Saturday and Sunday. So the heat keeps on trucking in New York City this summer and we've had a real live, old fashioned, long, hot summer and those dog days of August. But. A few months from now, we'll be looking back and saying, brrr, I wish it was warm again. That's just how it is here in New York. We get every type of weather when you have four seasons and the weather has been as kind of choppy as it's been these past couple of years. You really start to wonder about climate change and global warming, and what's real and what isn't. And yeah, I guess when it comes down to it, I always think, well, for those who are saying there is no global warming, even though... July was the hottest month in recorded history, and 2015 was the warmest year in recorded history, and that surpassed 2014, the previous warmest year in history, that it looks like we do have climate change, and it looks like it is warming up a bit, and, you know, the a bigger question becomes is, does mankind's behavior and does uh, manufacturing and Things that we're doing to the environment really impact things. That's the real key. And I always like to uh, err on the side of, well, if we don't do anything about it and we're wrong, then we're really in a bad situation. So just try to be mindful, folks, when you're out there of uh, what you can do to prevent climate change, even though it's usually, uh, you know, the corporations uh, with their manufacturing and all the stuff that's being pumped into the air are a little bit more of a factor than simply most of us going through our day-to-day existence in our jobs. But uh, be mindful. Uh, let's see what's happening out there. It's midweek. As I mentioned, we had a show on Monday, and I'm really excited about the, this show on auras because uh, the book is a classic, and uh, we're going to get into it with our guest in a minute. But um, you know, we had a little bit of a tricky getting some guests on recently and even today i, I had sent an in uh, the wrong time on my email and then i uh, fixed it and uh, finally got confirmation and like wow it's just been i was w- wondering if it's mercury retrograde but it's not it's actually mercury retrograde is coming up around the corner on august 30th uh, so that's next week so we'll see what happens and we've had this amazing wave of uh, of energy kind of apparently coming at the earth. We had a full moon last week. I think it was like Thursday or so. And uh, I took some photos over the ocean where it looked like there was an actual uh, vortex of energy uh, coming right in a, like a tube right at the earth and uh, just, just absolutely amazing. So hopefully that positive energy uh, that's supposedly being beamed at earth by who knows who. Uh, is a result of uh, trying to counteract so much of the stress and the anxiety and negativity, what's going on on our planet, particularly uh, in the mindset of uh, folks in our country with everything going on here. Um, we've got our election coming up and like, wow, this Trump-Clinton thing. Should should people hold their nose and vote for Hillary? Is it possible at all to vote for Trump? It seems like with the Trump people, it doesn't matter what he does. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter how logical things might be. They are not going to budge, not one little bit. And uh, it's interesting seeing the, uh, you know, the feelings fly back and forth and friendships being tested on Facebook with all the postings about here's, you know, crooked Hillary and here's her emails and here's Trump. with flip-flops. And changes in position and the guy, you know, he's never run for any office and uh, I think he's learning the hard way about, you know, when you get into this game, pivoting into a general election, you have to really fine tune your message. And uh, I think Hillary's kind of sitting back and hoping he keeps uh, imploding, but she can't get away from this uh, email controversy and that just keep biting at her, and uh, and then with the Clinton Foundation, questions about that, and if it was pay for play, etc. So we have two candidates that neither of them is real popular, but somebody and one of them is going to get elected. So we've got to, you know, we've got to be in our game. And uh, I would ask everybody, because I've asked myself, like, just hold back from getting involved in these Facebook controversies or arguing with people about this, because, as I said, you know, Like the Bernie supporters, they're kind of sitting there saying, well, I can't let Trump get elected. And the Hillary supporters are all gung-ho behind her. And then the Trump supporters, it doesn't matter what comes up on him, the dirt that they keep digging up. And it's almost daily, going all the way back to around June 1st, just every day there's been something else. Um, But you know what? People are going to vote for who they vote for. So we'll see what happens when uh, we have three debates with these two. And it's going to be, you know, funny and sad at the same time to see them go at it, because I can't believe over uh, three debates, 90 minutes long, that it's going to be that civil. Because seeing uh, Donald Trump in his debates against the other Republicans was like a show in itself. Now he's got one person to uh, throw shade at, and uh, it's going to be wild. Elsewhere, when we get to this time of year, everywhere you look in the sports pages, it's all about fantasy football. And next week we've got a fantasy football expert. I believe next Tuesday we're going to have the fantasy football Sherpa is going to join us, and we're going to go through, uh, you know, the ins and outs, and ups and downs, and keepers and sleepers and rookies and values of all those fantasy football players for the upcoming draft. And most folks are having their drafts uh, right before Labor Day, because I think the season starts on uh, the Thursday following Labor Day, we're about two weeks and a day from today. But wow, the hype fantasy football is such a huge huge enterprise and it's got that crossover appeal where so many women play it's, you know, it's a little different than uh, rotisserie baseball which is m- most more, more male oriented it's uh, every day you've got to play it, you've got to really be into baseball and uh, it takes up six months of time whereas fantasy football is like everybody plays it the games are once a week And uh, and football, as we all know, is built for the television set. So it's very media friendly. And wow, is there a lot of coverage now? the NFL has its own network. They show all the exhibition games during the week. There's sports uh, shows rather devoted to fantasy football. People go nuts on it. I've been in the league for 20 years now and uh, we've had a lot of fun. And uh, all I can say is the more successful a league is it's usually because they have a pretty tight grip. On rules and have a, a constitution of those rules and a process for changing and adapting rules. Uh, otherwise, anything that can happen will when it comes to uh, owner behavior. And you, you've really got to be collectively, be smart about it and not take things personally. And you have to have a, a good, fair-minded commissioner too. Unfortunately, in my football league, it's pretty much the case all across the board. So we've had a lot of fun and a lot of the guys don't see each other in the entire year, but we get together. All of our background is in advertising, and it's a great way to stay in touch. Uh, and then during a the season, we, uh, you know, we play the game. And we don't play for that much. In fact, uh, my partner uh, in the league, he passed about five years ago. And so we've uh, decided to uh, give some of our proceeds for the winning to uh, the National uh, Cancer Society and some research. And uh, it's still competitive as heck, but the, you know, the payoff's not big. And my baseball league I had been in, I left it after 25 years because I just wasn't having fun anymore. Um, But we were playing for more money. And for our football, we don't play for as much, but I have a lot more fun. And that's really what it should be all about. And with everything we do, the things we do for money a lot of times don't turn out to be the most fun. And I learned early in business that it doesn't matter how fun a product is. That doesn't mean that you're going to have fun in the job. I worked at a corporation. I worked on some uh, confectionery brands early in my career in brand management. I thought like, oh, wow, working on sugarless gum, that's going to be fun. It was brutal. I did work on a bubble, bubble gum and uh, I had a lot of fun with that. But that was tough also. But you never know uh, based on the type of product if the job is going to be fun. It could be uh, it could be it may not be, but it's usually based on the people you work with and the environment and the uh, you know how the community is at your at your job. And it's so important to have the right type of vibe going on. And that's usually based on good management. Good managers inspire their employees. And the best jobs I've had, I never even thought about coming into work. It was always a pleasure. We'd just get in there and work. And we had the most success. My most successful companies I worked at were companies where people were inspired and people loved coming to work. And believe it or not, it is possible to, to have that type of environment. And it is possible to do great in your job and have a, a personal life also. It's not about how many hours. It's about working smart, effectively as a team and having some vision. And most likely it's going to be driven by inspiration over perspiration. So let's uh, one last thing and then we'll get into our uh, the meat of our show and bring our guest on. Uh, as I mentioned, I try to do something to get ready for September. When September 1st hits, everybody's like, oh, the weather changes a little bit and. Uh, And everybody's like, oh, the summer's over and people start scrambling around and uh, autumn in New York is a beautiful, beautiful time of year. And there's a big push of activity at that point going towards the holidays. It's like a freight train pulling out of the station after a long summer. But what I like to do is I try to do something during August to get me ready for September. So I'm like in fighting shape, if you will. So this year i went i've been on a diet this is my i started August first and I eliminated some things i've done lots of different diets and really uh what i've got out of it is learning how to kind of what works for me what doesn't uh, what a diet is versus what a lifestyle style changes how to how to evolve into a great lifestyle and great dietary habits habits through various diets and seeing how they work and how I feel and uh you know some of them are harder work than others and sometimes you get into a groove where After about three weeks or so, you're into a quote unquote diet and you forget about some of the uh, cravings that you've had. They just go away. So you don't you don't uh, quickly build those things back into your diet. So this year and over time, as I mentioned, I have uh, found the things that work and the things don't work. So this year I've cut out sugar. And uh, so I haven't had anything, almost anything with sugar in it. So that means, of course, no sugar, no dessert, no ice cream, no alcohol, no candy, no chocolate, no condiments that have sugar in them. There's a lot of hidden sugar. No starches. So no bread, no pasta, no potatoes, no vegetables that are sweet that have fruit like carrots and uh, things like that. I have made an exception. I'm eating tomatoes because I can put them in salad. And I figure, well, if I'm doing eliminating all those other things. I can have tomatoes. Um And it's amazing. I'm into the third week and uh, down about 10 pounds, feeling real good, still working out, still running and going to keep going. I'm definitely going the month of August. And I said I'd take a look at it after the month and see what I'm going to do. And I think I'm going to keep going through September, but I'm going to allow myself a few uh, items. I'm going to add in fruit uh, when we get to September. Because it's still healthy, even though a lot of fruit turns to sugar, it's a, it's a better sugar to use. I mean, I've been using, uh, getting to the level of ketosis when I'm working out where, you know, when you work out first, you use kind of uh, whatever, whatever sugars you've just taken directly. Then you work off of complex, uh, simple carbs. And then finally, your body starts burning off body fat and ketosis. And that's how you, that's how you effectively burn fat and lose weight. But it takes a while to get there. So, now that I'm there uh, and I've got a pretty healthy lifestyle, uh, I think I'm going to keep going, but I'm going to allow myself uh, some fruit. I'm not going to go crazy with it, but just a little bit. And uh, we'll take it from there and see what happens. I'm, I'm kind of committed to go through September and see how I feel by October 1st. But in any case, I'll be ready for the fall. So, let's talk about our guests and let's talk about our book now. The name of the book is Change Your Aura, Change Your Life. The uh, author is Dimitri Moretis. Um, He is a really interesting guy. It's like uh, the book is about everything you think, feel and do radiates a spiritual energy that comes through various colors and hues. This is your aura and your aura is your spiritual blueprint by changing the quality of your aura you can automatically change the quality of your life. And it's a great book. It goes into all this in detail. It also gives you a lot of exercises that you can do to tap into the powerful rays of spiritual enrichment, including love, prosperity, healing, and wisdom based on the different uh, meditations. Um, there's more than 90 meditations in it to deepen personal relationships, advance your career, transform destructive emotions. And uh, Dimitri is an accomplished Metaphysical teacher, healer, co-author of Communing with the Divine, Karma, and Reincarnation, The Healing Power of Your Aura, and Change Your Aura, Change Your Life. Um, So let's bring him on right now and uh, talk about that. Good evening, Dimitri. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio.
1: Well, good evening. It's great to be here.
0: I'm so glad you're here, Dimitri. It's been a while and we've been really looking forward to it. Uh, Likewise. you. And your book is fantastic. It's a classic. And I, I, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed it and look forward to this. So let's, uh, let's get right into it for the benefit of our, uh, our listeners. I mean, really, what we try to do is break things down uh, to, uh, you know, pretty layman's level. So people, you know, yeah. they've all heard of what an aura is, and not too many people know what to do from there. So let's start out with, uh, you know, what is an aura? And, uh, why, why do people, Why should people? And why, why? Why did they start studying it? Like when did that begin?
1: Well, that's that's a great question. Well, the aura's been around forever. It's part of the universal energy field, but the whole field of metaphysics um, has been around for ages. But the the popularization of metaphysics is something recent. The fact that we're having this radio, you know, we're having this discussion on the radio uh, would have been unheard of. Um, some time ago and even to talk about such things publicly was unheard of mm-hmm. some time ago you'd have to go to what they called the ashrams or the mystery schools there were these sort of private societies that taught these things and that's where you learned about them and especially if you had your own experiences about them, it helped you to orient yourself but even if you didn't, it was a time to get acquainted but now there's such a blossoming of interest of these subjects um, so interesting you, you, you said about People knowing when we this is a re-release of the book, and when we came out the first time with it, which is in 2003, uh, we run a TV show actually, Barbara and I, and the, the the interviewer was asking, well, how is your aura book different from all the other aura books? And I was thinking, my God, there was a time where there were no other aura books.
0: Exactly, right? <laughs> and this is well,
1: now I, I, the fact that, yeah.
0: I have your book from 2003, so when I got oh, this, wow. I was thrilled because I actually I had. Well, I had a copy, and my wife had a copy, and then uh, we had talked about it and stuff. And then I, I got the, you know, notice of the, the re-release, and I was like, oh, this is fantastic because yeah. we both have have read it and talked about it. Oh, that's
1: it. so wonderful! That's so wonderful because really, it, you know, as you know, it's it's based on Barbara's experiences over decades, and I've been training with her and working with her for decades too, actually. So this is based on a lot of long, you know, clinical. Uh, clairvoyant experience is not just, oh, I saw blue light, so I'm going to write about an aura, a book about it. Sure. This is many, many decades. So there's a lot compressed in that thing, in that book. And it was also, as you said, designed to make it user friendly. Um, mm-hmm. It is. So that was the, the biggest of, surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that you're meant to. And one of the things we discovered in writing the book is, even though, of course, it is a book about the aura, as far as the action, what we're really encouraging people is to meditate. To get yes. in the act of meditating with divine light, because that's how you're going to change. You know, okay, great, I have an aura, but what do you do about it? Now, to go back to your first question about what the aura is, let's let's knock one thing out the box first. First of all, the aura is not physical. It's not electromagnetic energy. It's not scalar energy. It's not some kind of quantum flux. Uh, okay. It's you know, if it was something so obviously physical, you know, science would have discovered it a long time ago. Um, It is a purely spiritual energy, but supports physical life. So the principle is that everything we see here in this physical universe is the result of something that happened in the spiritual dimension. Mm -hmm. And right now, even the atoms in our body are being held together by spiritual energy. The electrical charge is being held together by spiritual energy. You withdraw that energy and the body would disintegrate in an instant. So we all have this energy field, which is how we're drawing in. One of the definitions we give of it is it's the individual expression of the universal life force. There is this universal life force that's permeating all creation. And as we draw the power into us, how we're drawing it and how we're expressing it is what we would call the aura. So let's say, you know, you're very creative, you're doing all these creative things, you're going to attract spiritual energies related to your creativity. If you're a scientist, you're going to draw in different types of energies. If you're a doctor, a healer, you're going to yet attract another set. So no two auras are alike. And the other thing about the auras, it's not just like, oh, I'm a blue and you're a green and things like that. The aura has a very definite anatomy. It's rather intricate because we're intricate. So we call it the energetic blueprint of the soul, meaning everything you're thinking right now, everything you're feeling, your state of health, your state of spirituality, your creativity, the things you're doing in your life, they're all showing up in your aura.
2: And so
1: could we... showing...
0: Go ahead, I'm sorry.
1: No, and they're all in activity. As you, So, for example, if I was feeling great this morning, but something happened, I got upset, uh, that would show up in the aura. You know, not, it wouldn't like say suddenly change the whole aura black or something, but there would be oh you got irritated by something right now, that mm-hmm. would show up there or the opposite. You know, are you in love? Right? You know, sometimes Barbara will say, are you in love right now? <laughs> it shows out of the blue. <laughs>
2: It'll be that
1: pink bubbly bubbly champagne, which is an energy of romantic excitement, and that will that will show up in the aura as well. So it's all there. We can't hide from the aura.
2: (laughs) So
0: could this be, um, taking this to the next level, could it be that uh, God then or the universal consciousness is, as it experiences itself through us, that is reflected in the color and shape of our aura?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The more elevated you think and feel and do, the more you're attracting, the higher energies and the more it's showing in your aura. And exactly as you say, it can eventually even change the shape of the aura depending on what state of consciousness you're in. Also if you're in this dark, brooding, menacing, despairing consciousness, you're devitalizing that life force and it will turn the colors a darker, murkier into energies and that will be a it will be a, a not so good quality. For example, anger shows up in the aura. As sort of a dark, dirty red. We call it a vitiated red. Mm-hmm. And a very strong outburst of anger, one, just one strong outburst of anger, can linger for two weeks in the oral wow. field if it's not attended to. So we have to pay attention. You know, sometimes we think we're getting away with something. You know, well, you may get away with it in the legal sense, or, oh, my friend didn't see this me doing this. But it's showing up in your aura. You know, so uh, that's why we say, Every good word, thought, act, indeed, brightens your aura. And even if you're not getting patted on the back for it, do what you know is the right thing to do, and that will keep you in harmony with life.
0: Now, your, tell us a little bit about your your partner, uh, Barbara Martin. She, uh, I guess, she's was doing this for forever. She's a oh, clairvoyant okay. and a yeah. metaphysical teacher. So, tell us a little bit about Barbara, and oh. then how how you two k- gotten t- uh, together, sure, and then sure. how you developed. Uh, you know, your kind of practice, if you will.
1: Right, it, right. Uh, well, the has... practice is actually very ancient. It's been mm-hmm. it's actually a 4,000-year tradition that's gone under different revisions. So we don't take any credit for creating it. But, yes, we, of course, have helped to refine it and especially make it an, in a in a format that anyone, mm-hmm. you know, can use if they're interested in really applying themselves. But Barbara was born clear, basically clairvoyant at age three. She was seeing the aura, she didn't know what it was called, but she was attracted to people who had wonderful auras and detracted to those that had kind of ugly colors. And there's a great story I just will briefly share where uh, her father was a Greek Orthodox priest and uh, also a builder. He would build churches.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So one time they're inaugurating you know, this cathedral and the archbishop is there and the bishops and it's a big thing. And of course her family is prominently there and this Little four-year-old Barbara is studying the aura of the archbishop. You know the big Kahuna, there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and instead of having this bright, beautiful aura, he actually had a dark, menacing aura, and she couldn't figure out why were his colors so dark. And, whereas the bishops on either side of him had these beautiful, radiant aura colors. You know, so at the end of the service, you know, you're supposed to get up and you know kiss the hand of the archbishop. In this case. And little four-year-old Barbara kind of screamed in front of the congregation, Oh, no, I'm not kissing his hand. He's a mm-hmm. monster. He eats children. <laughs> so it was one of many spankings. You know, she learned that people don't see it like she does. She didn't realize this was not a normal mm-hmm. thing. Sure. Uh, then around 11, she met somebody that could see auras, too. Uh, she Actually, she was a theater coach by profession. But she brought Barbara in privately one Saturday and said, Basically, to her face, you, you can see the aura, can't you? And Barbara's jaw dropped. She said, is that what it's called? She didn't even have a name for it. And she said, I'm a hermetic scientist. My mother and grandmother are hermetic scientists. And I can see the aura, too, and I would like to teach you a little bit about your gifts so you understand what's going on. And she had private instruction with this woman, which taught her a lot of things, but especially what's in the book, the color interpretation Mm-hmm. So that you could understand, oh, lemon yellow, when it's seen around the head, it means a very you know strong intellectual, a good powers of concentration. Emerald green means the person's very steady, very balanced. So suddenly she had the interpretive keys, and that opened up a whole new thing of understanding the dynamic powers that were happening in each person. And then years later, she got a, a training with another strong clairvoyant that was basically telling her this is you know, you're gonna go on the lecture platform and talk about this and again this is before Curly in photography, so mm-hmm. people really know what, what the heck again was going on, but lo and behold that became her career. Now in my case, um I was in the artistic world, I was not in the metaphysical, I was in the you know, music and movie making and I came to California to pursue that career and actually was, you know, getting off to a really good start, uh and then I was having these I was calling them my inspirational moments. They were Mm -hmm. just this very feeling of tremendous clarity. And inside, it would come out of the blue. And I really, again, didn't have a name for it myself. And it would kind of leave as quickly as it came. I wasn't asking for these things. And eventually, it led to my spiritual awakening. They were so intense. And um, when I realized it was metaphysical, I couldn't get enough of it. And I met Barbara, fortunately, shortly after that. I realized, you know, she was my teacher, and she helped me put these experiences together in a a perspective to understand them. And, of course, they started increasing when I started working with her, and that included now starting to learn to work with the aura, understanding about all the gifts and all the things. And later, it was years later, I realized, oh, my, she's also growing me to teach so I've become now mm-hmm. a teacher, and we we write these books together, and we started the institute, and uh, just opened up a new center here in Encinitas, all that you know to teach metaphysics or and spiritual energy, and it's been a fantastic journey, I have to say.
0: Wow, and it sounds spectacular because I know uh, you know I've got a my whole kind of brand, if you will, coming from the advertising world. I wrote a novel, the oh, okay. guys, guys, guys to love, and then. Uh, people thought it was uh, very well received, people thought it was a guidebook, and I started uh, talking about relationships, and then we put together Guys Guys Radio, and then Guys Guys Radio started with relationships, and then I started getting spiritual, uh, metaphysical authors being sent to me, and now the whole oh. Guys Guys, the brand has evolved into pretty much, you know, when men and women can be at their best, every everyone wins, and I've Keep opening, keep opening it up, but it's taken a life in its own. But my point was, I know how hard it is because I've got screenplay for the book, I've got TV script treatment, all all kinds of stuff out there, as well as uh, the guys, guys radio podcast, and uh, we've done close to two hundred now. And it's uh, you know I've got everything but the money in terms of the brand building, but I know how tough it is to kind of get started. Things take uh, a long time in Hollywood. Uh, and it's but a they lot do of, turn
1: but, around and keep at yes, it because it will turn around. Yes. You've got, it sounds like all your ducks are lined up. You've just got to – remember it took Richard Attenborough 20 years to find the money. Now, to, to, to I rich, Gandhi.
0: It's so, amazing. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, no, but my, my writing partner, he actually, when we did the TV script together and the treatment, he loved it so much. He applied to USC film school, got in, got a full ride. He's now in Hollywood, and two weeks from now he's shooting his first script through Sony, and it's a faith based, oh, wow. based movie. Yeah, so uh, it happens. But the faith-based, the thing is, yeah, sure. took and faith based is really the really a growing, growing area. And uh, one of his buddies wrote uh, Risen, uh, which uh, I saw recently, which I thought so is actually fantastic. And uh, but the point is, he it took him to get this film shot uh, four years of waiting in terms of the deal being just spun around with the financing and everything. So with Hollywood, it takes a while. So I, I, what I wanted to ask you, Dimitri is what was, if you don't mind, what was your spiritual, uh, kind of breakthrough that, uh, kind of gave you this little bit of a left turn, uh, what you've been doing because it's it's such a challenging area that you were in. And once you're starting to make it, then things can really take off. Uh, but, yeah, you know, so tell us about that
2: because well, I think that would be fascinating. You know,
1: my, my passion, you know, as you know, you have to have a passion to be in, in yes. movie making because it's a jealous mistress. It doesn't like you mm-hmm. dividing your attention. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, so I was deeply into it. And uh, But even from the beginning, I, there was sort of this sort of visionary aspect to it. Um, I mean, I love some avant garde movies like Jordan Belson years ago when he made those special effects movies long before special mm-hmm. effects was a, a popular thing to do so even back then I, I had this idea i was going to do these unusual kind of movies and um again you know the the awakening was not it happened to me um it was it was just a, a fundamental shift in the way i saw things and i started to realize that afterwards when i finally put the word metaphysics on it i realized oh as much as I love movie making, I think what got me here was so that I could get into this awakening. I think, in other words, if I'd never gone into movie making, it may not have led to this other. Mm-hmm.
2: So yeah. I
1: always tell people, you know, follow your your passion because you really don't know where it's going to take you. You know, you get involved with it. Now, for some people, it, you could have stayed and been a great filmmaker. I mean, Barbara actually had met the great Cecil B. DeMille years wow. ago. You know. And what was so fascinating was they became sort of instant friends because it turned out he was a mystic too. He had the clairvoyant sight. And they saw it in each other, but he never talked about it because that wasn't his mission. His mission was to make these fabulous movies. So but he had the gift. Now in Barbara's case it was different. Now in mine I probably could have stayed in movie making and I'll be honest with you, it was a hard decision to Mm -hmm, kind of redirect things because as you said, it's so hard to get to that breaking point and then to say, well, I'm going another way. Uh, it was it was like afterwards, you know, you, for a moment you wanted, gee, i make the right decision here. But once I did make the decision that I really had to pursue metaphysics more seriously, um, a whole other world opened up and I just felt like I had found the love of my life. So mm-hmm. I never really, I, I felt completely it was the right thing to do. It took a long time to build the business, you know, the business aspect, and to train me in it. And to tell you the truth, sure. I'd still love to do a metaphysical movie again. I think that would be absolutely. Now the time has come. Now back then, yes. I did pitch some ideas, but they all my friends in the business thought I was a little nuts for well, why are you writing these kinds of stories. So you know, now times are different, and people are yep. more accepting of this, and hopefully there's a market for it now that there wasn't maybe before. Um, so things are definitely changing, but. You know you have to, this is a very demanding work that we do now it's it's kind of twenty four seven you're working with people there's a we have a lot of classes a lot of workshops the book writing takes a lot of energy so you yes. really have to focus on what you're doing but but when you do your passion like what you're doing there it it will turn i mean these we tell people you know every well, it's not. I mean, we're the only one saying it, but it's what's been taught to us. You know, everybody has a purpose in this life, whether you feel mm-hmm. like you're you're succeeding in it or not. No one comes out into this world without a plan. It's it's even shown to us before we come to this earth. It's part of our purpose, part of our potential, and really, even if you don't know exactly what it is. Do your best to follow whatever your passion is or whatever you feel is the best thing to do, and it will eventually lead you to where you need to be. Mm-hmm. There's a beautiful ancient saying that says, the seeking of the philosopher's stone sets the condition to find it. So the very seeking that we're going is actually changing us. It's changing our aura. It's mm-hmm. creating an energy. So let's say you pursuing what you're doing now. It's not just about making a movie. You're creating an energy in the spiritual dimension that's been gaining momentum because you haven't let it go, yes, and as long as it's part of the divine plan, it will eventually blossom and show fruit, and it will you know bear what it is there so and especially if you're doing something kind of new and revolutionary um you know every person that has taken the pathless traveled, you know it's never been an easy road, but it's also been extremely rewarding so Uh, You know, we are at a remarkable time spiritually to talk about this aura. Again, Barbara's been teaching for ages. We really are. And this is still the beginning of the spiritual renaissance. There's a lot more that's going to be coming up. We're just warming up, you know, Mm -hmm. and we're heading towards some, even though there's challenges in the world, actually we're heading towards a remarkably enlightened time. We are at what Barbara's often called the end of days, you know, in the sense of before we can get to that newer day, we sort of mm-hmm. have to exhume all the ugliness that's been out. You know, a lot of what's happening now, it's not like it hasn't been happening before. It's just it's more exposed now. We're seeing it yeah. for what it is. And it has to happen so that we can exhume it. It's kind of like if you have a, a wound, sometimes you have to cut the wound open, let the pus come out, let the you know, mm-hmm. you have to clean it, and then you dress it. And we're kind of in that <laughs> pus-cleaning mm-hmm. stage right now <laughs> of trying to get all the... Stuff that's happening, per, you know, world, person, whatever, get it out, so that we can really awaken in this new time. And uh, you know, even though things aren't happening, you I was listening to the beginning part. You're right. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world now, but stay close to your spiritual nature. Stay close to what you know is true, and you know, the bright days will come.
0: Oh, that's uh, that's good to hear. Um, speaking of uh, you know, you know the, these energies. You know, I was with my wife last week and we have a place down the Jersey shore and we were walking along the shoreline and there was this, it was almost like a triangle, this vortex of blue light. And she said, that's, that's, that's definitely energy. I took a lot of pictures of it. And actually I've posted some on Facebook. She said, you know, we're getting all this energy because Mm -hmm. uh, it's to counteract uh, a lot of the volatility that's going on now. And a lot of the stress. And she said, you watch what's going to happen. People are going to start to get, the crazy, the crazy is going to come out even more. Uh, so it's really important for us uh, to stay vigilant to our our values right. and to really, you know, be there as a as a raising, if you will, our frequency as much as possible to be part of uh, to raise every the grid to raise the energy grid. Do you yep. do you buy into that through your work with Barbara and through your work with Auras? Do you do you buy into that?
1: Well, you you are the cha- you know, like Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world. Mm-hmm. you You carry the light of you wherever you go as you brighten your aura you 're not only helping yourself, you are helping the world mm-hmm. and you when you 're even in you know in a good place in a presence in a room, you are changing things you are this is a dynamic situation you know what we see now people say, "God, if this is a divine plan i don 't know if it 's such a good idea no it 's how well or not well we 're realizing the divine plan is what we 're seeing right now. So we all do have to kind of wake up, and the point is to stay true to yourself. It, they, they teach us there's never been a better time to grow spiritually than today, never been a time to grow faster, more effectively, but it's also a time where we can fall off the path quicker than ever before. So it is a little bit of the separating the tares from the wheat,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: have to be true to ourselves. Even if we see horrible things happening around us, it's a period. It will, it will pass and we are headed towards a better day. But if people are listening to the show and have had their own awakening, uh, it's very important to pay attention to that. That's not an accident. That's God knocking on your door, saying it's time. It's time to step up and be that better you. And again, that's one of the reasons we wrote the book, is to say, you know, start the meditation. Meditation is your one-on-one time with, with God, with the divine. It's your time to draw in the spiritual power you need, so that when you do go out, sort of in, shall we say, the battlefield of life, mm-hmm. you're prepared. Mm-hmm. You have the ammunition, you have the spiritual power to really succeed. Um, you know, there's two ways we change our aura, and our aura is changing. Uh, we change our aura with our every word, thought, act, and deed. Every especially positive thing we're doing is adding to the aura. And you can change it by meditating and infusing your aura with the actual energy ray you need and then expressing it. So, for example, let's say I do need more confidence. Maybe I'm trying to ask for a raise at my job, and I just don't, you know, I have been kind of chickening out. I've been going into the supervisor's office or boss's office. And, well, that means I may be lacking in my aura some of that dynamic power, which would come through as a gold light. Gold is the most dynamic ray there is. Mm -hmm. So if I bring in more of that dynamic power into my aura, it will help to build up the confidence energy so that I will have that confidence to walk in there and say, hey, it's time for a raise. And I'll have the power to do it. And then once I express it, it actually will start to become part of my aura. On the other hand, I may have it completely. We had a, a doctor not long ago in one of the classes, and he was very you know, uh, honest about it. He said, you know, I don't show enough compassion for my patients. I'm a little abrupt with them. So he needs a different type of energy. He needs to work more with a loving energy, the deep rose pink Mm -hmm. So in his case, he needs to bring in more of that love and compassionate energy into his aura. And then when he's in, in his practice, he needs to spend more time with his patients. He needs to really look at them as people and engage with them on that direct level. And that will help to bring that loving energy in. So we all have our strengths and weaknesses. We want to acknowledge the strengths because they are strengths. And we need the strengths to transmute our weaknesses. So we also need to be honest about our faults. And to realize the faults are just faults. They're not, you know, like original sin. It's not like we're bad people. Nothing. Right. It's just. An, it's like if my muscle in my left arm is weak, my muscle in my right arm is strong. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean my left arm's bad. I right. just have to work on my left arm to strengthen the muscle. That's all.
2: Now,
0: for the for the so basically, so people, what the, the book teaches, what I the biggest thing I got out is. You know, you can download, there's 90 exercises, different colors and different combination colors, uh, first learning how to meditate and then starting to download different color rays to address different issues. But taking a, a, a half, and tell me if I'm correct there, but then taking a half step back, how, you know, the whole aspect of auras, how uh, how can people... Um, see auras so, so they can gr- kind of ground themselves and know what they're doing is having uh, an, an effect besides uh, right. kind of su- subconsciously and psychically cause, because, you know, Barbara, she can look at somebody and she can see the aura around them and I'm, I'm right. air trained and you can see somebody and you can see their aura. But for most people, you know, if you look over somebody's shoulder, maybe you're sitting on the subway, you might see this outline with what well, looks like a band, but, you know, not that many people, are trained, no. if you will. They no, have the no, capability, no. And but they're the, not trained to see the colors. So how does well, the everyday person kind of uh,
1: right, right? And that was one of the biggest into, questions.
0: Yeah, put it into, into. context. So they can, uh, really pull the whole thing together because I think we can all learn how to meditate. We can all learn how to visualize a specific color to address a different issue. But how do we kind of put roots in it to to get into seeing auras? seeing their own aura or whatever, and and really being more uh, uh, into knowing how to do that part. You know, just so, because it grounds, I think it grounds people having a knowledge like, oh, okay, I can see this. So it's more real than it's all I'm thinking it. And you don't want to think it. You want to be part of your heart and part of your consciousness. You you know what I'm saying? Forgive me for not articulating it the right way. No, no, you're
1: articulating it very well. And you hit just one of the most important things. Remember what the divine light really is. It's consciousness. It's not color. The color is just the door to consciousness.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. The
1: transformative experience is a change in consciousness. My, my first experiences with spirituality was not seeing colors or auras or angels. It was these tremendous changes and shifts in consciousness. And that's what attracted me to this work and made it, my life turn around You know, 180 degrees. So what you're trying to do, you do not need to see the aura to work with it. But let me. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things you you asked there. So first of all, do remember we are all inherently clairvoyant because it's part of our spiritual makeup.
2: Right. So
1: mm-hmm. so clairvoyance is, you know, we're all mystics in the making. It's some not a matter of when. It's a matter of not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. Um. And but some have developed it. Some have not. But it, the inherent abilities in everybody because we all have that spiritual. We all have the same spiritual anatomy, Mm -hmm. just some have developed it more than others. That's the only difference. Second, we say the actual clairvoyance, the real clairvoyance. Now, you threw a lot of things. It's one thing to see colors, another thing to be trained. Those are two Mm -hmm. different things. Uh, That is a byproduct of your spiritual evolution. As you're growing spiritually, focus on your spiritual growth, and these other experiences will be natural byproducts of of the growth process. Second, you're probably tuning into the aura already more than you realize. You can walk into a room and meet somebody for the first time and have this wonderful feeling about them. You don't there's no logical reason for it and what you're doing is picking up the auric energies. There's something mm-hmm. about them that's just very appealing to you. Or unfortunately the opposite. You walk in a room and you feel Sure Well this guy's f- or the woman or the guy's famous we should be li-. but you're getting this disturbing feeling you need to learn to trust, you know that, quote, divide, if you want to call it that. Um, then also to trust your intuition in general. Those are the beginnings of developing the mystical nature. Uh, now, as far as working, you really don't need to see the aura to work with it any more than you need to see your heart to know it's
2: beating. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: What you need to do is work with the aura, and what you will see are the effects of what you're doing. So as you start the meditations, and you notice, gosh, I'm more confident in myself, I'm more at peace with myself. I'm healed, you know, of these things that were bothering me. That's going to be the validation of this work is, is right for you or not, by by your application of what you're doing. Got it. Remember, working with the aura is not a byproduct. It's not a genie. It's not a magic wand. It's not a byproduct of the natural process we all have to go through to develop our character and strengths. It's just an enhancement. It makes the process more efficient. And makes you more in tune with what you're doing. So, what might take me a long time to achieve, normally, if I work with the auric energies, I can achieve in a in a short period, you know, much shorter period of time, if I apply myself. Um, and then, yes, there are people. You know, you may have some natural clairvoyance. It may start to open up. And you start to see colors. We have, especially in the more advanced classes, a, a lot of people saying, not mm-hmm. that they see auras but they're seeing a lot of the colors when we're doing the meditations. And this is, of course, naturally, it's a reinforcement that this is real. But when you're making a genuine prayer request to receive the energy, it's not just a wishful thinking. You are, you are making a, a connection with the higher. And those, those things are really happening. And if you're quiet enough to receive and feel, you'll actually feel the energetic changes in you. You can sometimes literally feel the energy working inside of you. And that will, again, be another validation that this is true. This is something you should pay attention to.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. Uh, by doing that, I assume that um, some of the things that, uh, if it's part of your path that you want to happen, will happen. For instance... Uh, fear you know a lot of people uh based on the media and and uh, for other factors there's a lot of fear i think is the biggest sure. issue in our country for our, our national consciousness seems to be driven mm-hmm. by fear I'm, a, I'm from the advertising world you know it's all about yep. lack you don't have this you need that you don't have this product you <laughs>
2: exactly. that. You're not good
0: looking enough you're not eating good enough food you get whatever it is but my it's interesting that my my wife was a social worker and um she, I said, well, and she's five foot one. And I was like, and she used to go into the toughest areas of New York. And uh, I said, well, how did you, how did you do that? I mean, just by yourself. And she said, well, I, I don't, I'm, I'm at this point where I don't see myself. I don't see any of these bad things happening. It doesn't affect me. And when you, right. when your personal frequency is at that place, and I'm just paraphrasing what she said, mm-hmm. the things don't get through to you. She goes, I it's almost like I have a screen where, You know, these things don't happen. And I've noticed as I've done spiritual work over the past five years or so, and I've always been kind of on this path, but now it's amped up a bit that I find that when I people in the streets and interacting with people, it's more and more positive. People will do kind Mm -hmm. things. I find like people, if there's people I'm not, I don't feel a vibe, whatever, I'm on a subway or whatever, I'll, I'll just move to another part of the car or whatever. But it seems like what you're becoming, you kind of attract. Talk
1: exactly. us about that. Exactly. Well, what did uh, Job say in the Bible? That which I feared most has come upon me.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. You know,
1: we—if the more we fear, the more we will actually attract that which we fear. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it is a like-attract-like. I think your wife completely has the right idea, and uh, your advertising is right on. Of course, sometimes people will manufacture a fear so that we can give you the solution that fear you know Mm -hmm. so you don't know that you have this fear yet but we're going to instill it in you and that way we'll provide you with what you need to to satisfy fear interestingly enough in the aura shows as a gray devitalizing energy it is not productive at all concern is different you're concerned about your child whether it's going to be safe you're going to take action to do it but that's different from being in this fear and apprehensive apprehensive state And, you know, if somebody's, like, got a persistent fear that's been, let's say, about, oh, gosh, I'm going to lose my job or something Mm -hmm. like that been going on for a while, let's say a couple of months, maybe, you know, there is, like, this axe that's going to fall, but nobody knows when it's going to happen. You can literally create a gray cloud of fear above your head. It could be an energy pattern above your head, so it's literally like a cloud, which makes it more difficult for the light to reach you. Now what what we teach in our classes is it's all about living the life of spirit. So what is the spiritual point of view of fear and how do you, shall we say, remedy it? Yes, well, please. if it's unhealthy energy then what you have to do is recognize what the, the first of all the spiritual principle missing with fear is faith and courage. In other words, you're saying that there's something out there that's stronger than God, that's stronger than anything, and you know, there's nothing you can do about it so you're gonna be afraid. So there's this sense of being overpowered by this, or the hopelessness about something. And that will create the gray cloud, the gray energies, the depressing energies if it persists. So what needs, again, to be there in this case is the gold, the idea of courage, mm-hmm. faith, strength. People are forgetting there's a very important principle. Remember, in the end, it's not what's happening in your life that's the measure of your spiritual maturity. It's how you're handling what's happening. Earth is a school. We're going to get some tough lessons. There's just no way around it. And so if life throws me that curveball and I stand and deliver, then I am a success in the best sense of the world, even if I don't have, you know, a million dollars in my pocket at the end of the day. It's not about what you have or don't have. It's that you're acting and reacting from this higher spiritual perspective. And that shows that your soul has really learned key important lessons in your life and then you are going to be able to do kind of like what your wife did, be able to walk into an environment that under some conditions might be threatening, but she's not coming from that state of consciousness and so it's a whole different you know, it's a whole different expression. Now it doesn't mean you don't show again caution if there is a, a threat, in, a threat somewhere. But it's sure. not the same thing as fear. Now, it can happen on a collective level. So there are collective energies, so yes, when I'm afraid personally I can connect to a group energy of fear, which has nothing to do with the reality of a situation. It has to do with just a group of people sharing the same fear, you know, and joining in that. And of course, in those situations, it starts to feel uh, overpowering. It can even get mm-hmm. sort of hypnotic. I don't know if you, you remember those old faith healers on TV where, you know, they touch you on the forehead and you fall to the ground like you were exactly. being healed. Sure. Uh, that, that was. Hypnotic. That was a group hypnotic suggestion that was going on, and mm-hmm. the group of people were together. So we have to be very careful. of What's called mass hypnotic thinking, where these things are permeating the the airwaves. You know, the internet. We have to be very careful of. There's some wonderful information there. There's some awful information there, and mm-hmm. everyone has to be a lot more discerning when they're when they're you know filtering through this information to discern for themselves what is true and what is false, and not go by emotion. A lot mm-hmm. of the times we fall in these fear states because we get emotional, and in the aura, the emotional center is down by the navel, but the higher self, where the true answer is coming from, is literally a point above our head. So if I'm going down the emotion, I'm not going up where the real answers are coming from, and of course I'm going to get into the distress. It's it's natural.
0: Okay, for let's... Uh... For example, let's stay on the fear uh, uh, topic just uh, to get it into the book. Um, So let's say that fear, most people uh, experience some type of fear. And it's a different level, depending on what, and the fears could be of different things. The fear could be lack, I need a new job, I don't have love, I'm lonely, whatever. What would be a good way, because the book has, uh, I think the real meat of the book is all these meditative exercises to deal with different issues. So let's talk about fear. I have fear of not enough money. Uh, which a lot of
1: people okay. feel they don't That's have enough poverty money. poverty consciousness. Okay? Okay. So the spiritual principle says where you stand is your prosperity. God is an infinite source of wealth. All wealth comes from God, regardless mm-hmm. of the channel. Mm-hmm. So that means that I have the same access to that divine source as anyone else. And we've seen many stories of people that were penniless and were able to put together with determination dedication sometimes a wealth. So it's not where you're at at the moment, it's where you are in in your consciousness. Now, it's very important, you know, know, that, uh, you know, what did Socrates say, the unexamined life is not worth living. You know, we have to take time to honestly assess where the problem is, because recognition is half the battle. So if we do say, really, you know, I do get panicky with financial situations, particularly right now, I feel like I'm in one this moment, so you start to realize, okay, then this can be changed. Now, first, we would recommend a purification since there's going to be that worry, the grave, the energy of that. You need to work with what's known as the orange-red flame to literally give yourself a spiritual bath and clear the negative thoughts from your mind, from your emotions, from the words. you. Sometimes we talk ourselves out of success so many times. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm broke. I'll never make any money at this. Uh, that uh, all those words are are literally going out into the ethers and deflating the very energies you're trying to create. And then we may be paralyzed. The problem with fear is paralyzing it. it doesn't yeah. cause us not to take action at the very moment we need to take it. So we have to clear it out of what we call our heart center or the hermetic chakra. And so once you do this thorough purification, of course it took energy to be upset and worried. You would follow through with a blue-white fire we call a rejuvenating like a f- breath of fresh air get that new life force moving and then you would work with an energy that brings in the very consciousness of God's infinite wealth which is this beautiful shimmering turquoise ray that comes in like the you know like the stone the turquoise stone mm-hmm. you bring it into your aura and it brings in the consciousness of wealth and as you establish this consciousness in you then you yourself will start to know the things you need to do to manifest prosperity. It won't seem so overpowering. You'll say, okay, you know, then you'll go ding, ding, ding. It's, you know, money is, is not a magic act. You know, there's a, there's a process we have to learn. And as we follow the process, prosperity will flow. It's a divine law. You know, when I was in that film business, as you know, it's feast and famine sometimes. Yes. And I was a little bit in that famine mode, you know, where there wasn't much work. And one day Barbara was looking at my aura, the heart center, where that's the action center. That's where you're, your manifestation, you're putting things in your outer life. And she saw that beautiful turquoise ray. And, but at that moment, I wasn't working, even though I was working towards it. Two weeks later, I got one of the you know, best offers I'd had in a long time, uh, financially. And, but it was there in my aura. So what we're saying is, you know, once you build the energy of what you want to manifest in your aura... It will show up in your life as part of divine law, but you have to be working at it. Mm-hmm. Many times people fall short. They try things for a little while, then they give up. They don't. They don't stay the course. You know, if inspiration, as the saying goes, is three percent. If creating something is three percent inspiration, ninety-seven percent perspiration, then you have to spend a lot of time. To realize what you're doing. I mean, even the oral book. When we sat down to write it in, in 1998, at the beginning, I thought, "Oh boy, this thing's going to write itself." We got the master here. I've been trained for years. It was two solid years of writing sure. it to get the voice. It's different when we're talking like this and when on paper. Well, if we gave up after six months, see, that wouldn't have been a book. So you got to stick with it to see the results you want. That's the key.
0: So also for, to use the book, then you have over 90 different meditations. It's identifying if you want to, uh, you know, there's some ge- general things in terms of getting yourself in the, the right place to be able to do some things. But then when you identify specifics, like for instance, we just said fear, you'd start with the orange red purification and then you right. would bring in the blue light flame, another meditation, and then you would do the turquoise, tur- turquoise ray. Right. That would yeah. be, to, to, that would be three separate meditations? or No,
1: you do, do it you, in the same... Do, so we rec, no, we recommend you would actually meditate daily. So okay. you, that you have at least 20... Tell the students at least 20 minutes to a half hour every mm-hmm. day. And then uh, in that meditation, you could bring down those three energies in one meditation. Got it. Then that day, you try to do some things that will go towards applying what you're doing. Then... You may be a little discouraged. Something happens halfway through the day. It doesn't look like you're going to succeed. The next morning, repeat the exercise. Mm-hmm. You have to stay with it for a while because the problem is often we built up these bad habits. Right. So if I if I do all this, I can have the best meditation, feel like a king of prosperity, but then I go out there, and if I go back to worrying about money and distressing, and all, I'm deflating the very energy I just called on. So mm-hmm. I have to be the living example of what I'm calling on, even if you don't initially see the change you're looking for at that exact moment you want it to happen. So even if it looks like things may not turn out that moment, you say, no, that's not the way it is. I'm going now by the divine principle of prosperity. That's the consciousness I'm holding to, and I'm going to stay proactive in what I need to do. You bring that energy in the next day, and it starts to build and build and build, and then you'll start to see your results.
0: Got it. Fantastic. Well, listen, I, I I kept you on here for a long time, but it's been worth it. And I have a million more questions. So we'll, for now, let's uh, leave it right here. And uh, Dimitri, uh, again, uh, I'm honored that you came on the show and shared this with us. And the book is fantastic. Change Your Aura, Change Your Life, A Step-by-Step Guide to Unfolding Your Spiritual Power. Could you tell our listeners, please, uh, where they can find the book, your website, the institute that you and Barbara run, etc.? Anything sure. you want to uh, shout out?
1: Sure. Thank you again so much for having me on. It's been a real pleasure. I have to say when someone is, is passionate about what they do and also has really studied the book, you really, you know, it makes for a much more exciting dialogue. Um, yeah, well, it's, thanks. It's, it's the least course, I can, do. <laughs> <It's the> least <laughs> yeah, I can
0: do. You know, I try to read every book, uh, from my guests. Now, fortunately I had read this a long time ago and I did a kind of a refresher, but, um, right. you know, it's, uh, people get busy and, uh, I, I do my best to read everybody's uh work somehow some way i try to find the time because you oh, know what i, I want to help i'm here to help yeah, so
1: yeah exactly um well it the, the of course it's available in all the stores and amazon and barnes and noble change your aura change your life Barbara y martin and myself and our institute is spiritual arts institute spiritualarts.org and we have also by the way. Online courses we have state of the art video conferencing. People are joining all over okay. the world where we teach all these things we, we'd love to if you're ever in California, the other shore here, please come visit us in well, actually
0: my uh my uh relatives uh my in-laws live in uh Escondido
1: oh my gosh, that's twenty minutes away
2: Mhm
1: yeah, that'd so be great. I will let you know. probably be out okay. there
0: next summer and maybe we'll check out the institute. but do you do work with people uh through a photograph?
1: Well, consultations. We do phone mm-hmm. consultations and then work that way through them. Yes, absolutely that way. Yeah.
0: Uh, could yeah. I set something in my mind? Maybe, you know, I could be a guinea pig for this and uh, <laughs> for our audience. And forgive <laughs> uh, forgive the term, for lack of a better term, right, right. where uh, I could identify my issue. Yes, for my aura. And then go through, like, for the next couple of months, keep med- doing meditations every day, keep oh. mixing them, and then get back with you and maybe we could talk about
1: it well you know what go ahead and send your, your picture in and let's I'll, I'll run this by barbara and it'd be an interesting thing or you could just simply say there's an area i want to work on in my life we could see mm-hmm. what that's looking like okay. and then you work on it for a couple months and then see how you know report to yeah, us the result like that.
2: okay that's let's, let's right okay yeah. and you
0: okay. can you, you guys can use it as a case study if you want and then i can also and help uh helps you sell some more books and sell the, uh, really get the word out there on your, the great work you're doing, because you know, it's, it's an area where there are other books on aura, but this is the Bible of auras, if you will. And um, it's really the way you approach it. Uh, it's, it's, it's not about, as you say, just seeing colors and saying, Oh, no. okay, I can see oh, somebody's no, no. colors. It has so much more uh, dimension than that. So yeah. uh, that's really the main point.
1: Great. Great. All right. Well, it's, is a light, thank you so much and we'll definitely be following up again
0: all right thanks so much dimitri be well best to barbara okay. and thank her please
1: oh absolutely absolutely all right take care
0: all right bye-bye okay folks that's our show for this evening wow uh guys guys radio our special guest dimitri moretis really terrific and again the book is uh change your aura change your life i highly recommend it um So as I was uh, saying earlier in the show, I mean, we're really here about for men and women being at their best, everyone wins. And you can check out my work uh, at Robert Manny, M-A-N-N-I.com. I I do a weekly blog. I'm doing one on, uh, I do everything I write about life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. And I've done a lot of relationship stuff. My blog is syndicated. And um, I just uh, wrote one about aging. And I started out, this is the first time that I'm doing a two-parter where I kind of give the the bad news about aging this week. And then next week I have solutions, if you will, uh, where I, you know, I uh, tap into sources as to what some of the things you can do as we age to make your life uh, better and better and better. Uh, While the physical ages, you can still have a very, very fulfilling life. And my main thing is, what I've learned is you can't do everything that you've always done the exact same way. But you can still do the things you love for the most part. but You have to be able to adapt a little bit, whether it's your diet, whether it's how you work out, et cetera, whether it's your sex life, you know, it's going to change over time. But that's not bad news. It could be really good news. So we're going to touch on that. All our podcasts of Guys Guys Radio are available for free downloads on iTunes, TuneIn Radio and Stitcher. And as I mentioned, uh, we're approaching our 200th podcast. Very excited about that. The novel where the whole guy's guy's brand and movement started is called the guy's guy's guide to love. You can pick that up uh, at bookstores, but probably the easiest way is the online retailers. Amazon always has it. I think it's like $3.99 for the ebook, book and uh, you can get the physical book. And then uh, you can catch me on Robert Manny author on uh, Facebook, YouTube, and uh, also uh, if you want to hit me up on just good old general Facebook, it's just Robert Manny. So anyhow, thanks so much been a great show i really learned a lot and i'm going to put what dimitri suggested about fear because i got a couple of fear things sometimes fear of not enough money and all that i go through that i'm sure we all do i'm going to try it see what happens over the next couple of months and put it into practice and we'll be talking about it so anyhow remember that uh as we always like to say guys guys finish first see you next week